appreciate the moment and also the larger perspective, as we'll see a little bit later. So do your best to enjoy the season that you're in because Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. Or as the New American Standard uh, Bible states, there is an appointed time for everything. And there is a time for every event under heaven. Now these words are for every person, every place, every circumstance. This is God's living word, authoritative. Revelation in the Bible increases as we get to the person and work of Jesus Christ and our perspective on the whole is illuminated through the life of Jesus. But this, these words are for all time. On the one hand, this can bring worry, but on the other hand, it can bring you hope as you realize God is in control. Whether this is really painful or really joyful, God is ultimately in control. Now here's the paradox of it. We don't have time for this today, but I want you to understand, sometimes in the Bible, there are things that you're going to be trying to pick this side or this understanding of this, but there are some paradoxes, and one of them is this idea of God's sovereignty and human free will and responsibility. Uh, there are two big theological camps with this, but I really believe that the Bible teaches both simultaneously, and that's why it's so hard for us to wrap our minds around it. So what this means is that God's sovereign over all, but He's chosen to give us, humankind, free will, and and we have personal responsibility. That, coupled with the fact that we live in a fallen world, mal, um, marred by the effects of sin um, and evil, the evil one and his evil forces and demonic harassment, and all these things, all of this swirling around means that really tragic things can happen to good people, even Christ followers. Yet God is in control um, and sovereign over all. God exalts someone, then he humbles them. A nation rises, then the nation falls. Morality degrades across cultures everywhere. And yet God is sovereign, and he can use everything, even the poor choices of others that harm us for his good in the end. Look at Romans 8.28. This is a great reminder and promise. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Not some things, not the pleasant things, not the things of our choosing, everything. Somehow, mysteriously, everything, even the worst things that happen, God can use them according to his purposes in the end. It doesn't mean that that was his, necessarily his choosing, but because of human free will in a fallen world, things happen, but God is somehow able to have sovereignty over that still and use it for good. This should be very, very comforting to us, especially if you're going through a season that's really difficult right now. So for everything, there's a season, a time for every activity under heaven. As we consider these various seasons in life and the transitions that we face, one thing is for certain. You can write this down if you're taking notes. One thing is for certain, change. One thing is for certain, change. We live in a world of constant change. And these changes are not always pleasant because life is difficult. It's not easy trying to be the first person in your family to go to college or university when you have a part-time job that's barely above minimum wage and your course of study nearly costs a year's worth of salary if you had a, a, year, a full-time salary. 
That's, that's difficult. Marriage is a big transition where you learn to put someone else before yourself. The sheer exhaustion of parenting can be challenging. The sheer exhaustion of running your own business can be challenging. Losing your job when you still have a number of years until retirement is challenging and quite painful if it happened because your skills were passed by by quickly developing technology. Starting over after a spouse leaves and calls it quits. Painful. Losing your independence. Losing the privilege of driving a vehicle. The capacity to live in your own home. And the loss of a spouse as you age. These are not easy or enjoyable life transitions. And yet there's a time for all of these things to occur. They're not simple to navigate. Life is hard work, change is difficult. So what's the meaning of all this? In Ecclesiastes verse 3, verse 9 and 10, the author says this, What do people really get for all their hard work? I've seen the burden that God has placed on us all. So we go through these seasons of life, and we have these transitions, and this is really, really hard. And some of us have just been through the ringer this year, and you're weary, and you're tired. Think about the real seasons of our world for a second. So we have fall. Let's forget about spring and summer. We kind of know about that. We're living that right now. But fall, fall is beautiful. The colors change. Just these vibrant colors. You get the air becomes cooler. It's just so crisp and fresh. And you're enjoying this. And then you transition to winter. This was my existence for 22 years. That's actually where I grew up. You transition to winter. And again, it's it's incredibly beautiful. But then winter sets in and you get no, this is not this is not going to work anymore. You get winter like this. This is real. Um you get winter like this, the harshness sets in and you want everything to get out of that. But depending on where you live, that's your normal again and again and again for weeks and weeks and months and months. Except in California where we live. So be grateful and thankful. Uh, we can we can drive somewhere and experience this and then drive back to uh, some some type of normalcy. But the seasons work that way. You can be caught off guard. As a season takes full force, you can experience the harshness of it and just that stark reality can either crush you if it's a painful season or it can give you a perspective that drives you to God. So which is it going to be for us? God's using these difficult seasons to refine us and help us depend on Him. Think about your Christian life. If you're a follower of Jesus, think about this. You've gone through some huge changes. At one point, you were blinded to the truth. You were apart from Christ. You were, whether you kind of realize it or not, you were living as your own God, as your own Savior, as the own leader of your life, calling all the shots. You, you were in charge. Um, then your eyes were opened to the good news of the gospel. That Jesus is both Savior and leader. And you put your faith in Christ and you turned away from your old ways and you walk in the ways of Jesus and He empowers you through His Spirit. And then you realize, oh, I still grapple with sin. I still do things that are wrong. I still have some things that God is working on me with. That's called sanctification. It's the process of becoming more and more like Jesus. So those are some big changes that if you're a Christ follower, you're still going through these things. 
You're still being sanctified right till the very end. So are you the same person you were 10 years ago? Or five years ago? One year ago? I hope, I hope not. Because God is working on us. Even if we've had some setbacks and difficult seasons, Jesus promises to finish the work that He started in us if you're a follower of Jesus. Maybe you want to make that commitment for the first time today. If you do, you have Jesus' promise that He is going to complete the work that He starts in you by His Spirit. You might have tried to walk away from Jesus when the hard times come, but Jesus doesn't walk away from you. Nobody can snatch you out of His hand. So think about that. Think about the changes that Jesus is working in your life. Are you, are you cooperating with that? Verses 11 and following give us some more perspective. Verse 11 and following. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He's planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. So a few things here. Number one, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. And he's reaffirming that here that God is in control. Two, we don't, we don't have the same perspective that God has. So we can't see his whole scope and plan from beginning to end. And that causes disillusionment with us and a lack of ability to understand and discern the seasons. But three, enjoy the blessings of life as a gift from God. Even though life is hard, you can count your blessings and you should enjoy them. God's provided every blessing in your life for your enjoyment. He wants us to live life to the full, connected to Him. That said, God has planted eternity in the human heart. So we're created in God's image and we yearn for more than just this monotonous, difficult, and seemingly meaningless life that we lead. That's where Jesus becomes such a key in all this. Think about indigenous peoples worldwide. What I mean by this are basically the people that were in different areas of the world first before we migrated all over the place. Okay, Where I grew up in Canada, they're called First Nations people. They were the first people there. Here in America, we've got Native Americans. Um, all over the world, there are groups of indigenous Peoples. The interesting thing that missionaries have found, missiologists have found, common sense just through talking to people, um, most cultures, even indigenous cultures, uh, have aspects of their tradition and their customs and their ways of thinking that reflect at least some kind of biblical, basic biblical truth in some way. And that's where they can be engaged with by missionaries as starting points in explaining the good news of the gospel and the reality of the one triune God. I remember growing up in, in Saskatchewan and where there's a high population of First Nations people. And I remember my friends who are First Nations background telling me about all their, um, their understandings of the beginning of the world and their, um, all their stories of their ancestors and their values and their heritage. And I couldn't help but think, wow, there's something there that we can latch on to have as a starting point to explain the good news. Because these people that are apart from God have eternity planted in their hearts. Everybody does. Even people that are that claim to be atheists, sometimes the reason they're so vigilant in, in their views is because they can't sleep at night because they know that God is, exists. 
Um, eternity is planted in our hearts. And this is a gift from God. So, Scripture certainly tells us to be thankful and content and enjoy these blessings. But that said, there's something more here. It's pointing, this, this eternity in our hearts is pointing to something greater. Let's look at verses 14 and 15. I know that what, whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added or taken from it. God's purpose is that people should fear Him. What is happening now has happened before, and what will happen in the, in the future has happened before, because God makes the same things happen over and over again. So history repeats itself, and things just happen over and over again. But he also says that God is in control, and that God's purpose is that people should fear Him. So we have to understand that God is God, and we are not God, and we should order our life under the leadership of God. So we need that perspective from above. Back to my mountain biking trip for a second. So we went off the trail. We had a great time, but we went off the trail just kind of exploring. Had I been on my own, I'm terrible with directions. I can't tell you. I have to really think about it. I can't tell you right now which way is north and south. I have to really, I'm not even going to try. But if I would have been on my own in that, on that mountain biking trip, and I went off the trail, very good chance, Johnny, if you can pop up that first picture, that's where the red, the red dot is where we were biking around up on that mountain. If I had veered off on my own, very good chance I would have been going that way, away from the lake, trying to find the lake. Trying to find, I would have been going the wrong way. Okay? This might have been the perspective of a, a rescue helicopter trying to find us. Okay, Hey, Johnny, there's the next one, okay? But here's God's perspective. Okay, so when things are going bad, when we're flailing around, when we're lost, spiritually or or actually lost like this, this is God's perspective. In fact, it's even better than this. you You could keep zooming out. But you really think when God cares about every detail of our life and He can look down and see that me and my nine friends are a little dot, you don't think that He can handle the world, our mistakes, what we're going through, our lack of ability to cry out to Him or our decision to do that. God's perspective is so much greater, so much wiser. He is God and we are not God. Okay, So God, if I get lost, God knows exactly where I am on that map. We need this bigger perspective in life of what, what to do, which direction to go. We need to put God in his place. All of scripture, Jesus talked about how all of scripture pointed to him. He said that before the New Testament canon was closed or even all written. He's talking about the Old Testament. He's talking about Ecclesiastes. This book points to Jesus. Jesus provides the ultimate perspective on life. John 3.31 says this, He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of the earth and we speak of earthly things, but He has come from heaven and He is greater than anyone else. John 3.36 goes on to say that there is good news for anyone who looks to this one from above, who is Jesus. Think of Jesus being up above the earth. He's got that perspective. And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry Judgment. Again, understand that God's, <clears throat> God's will is that everyone would come to the knowledge of His Son. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants 
everyone to come to Jesus. I think it's helpful to think about people in your life on a spectrum and just assume they're moving closer to God. Maybe they're apart from God right now, but I believe the Holy Spirit is drawing people closer to Himself. So nothing's ever wasted. No conversation with a neighbor, an unbelieving spouse, an unbelieving friend. None of that is ever wasted because the Holy Spirit is constantly drawing people to Jesus. And Jesus is more than willing to save all who come to Him. So if you're feeling lost this morning, if you feel like your life lacks purpose, if life transitions and seasons of life have nearly taken you out, and you're just, you're just done, look to the One from above. Look to Jesus. Jesus is the eternity that our hearts, that have eternity set in them, long for. And He is the one who brings meaning to every season of our life. Every season of blessing, every season of trial, the worst heart-wrenching seasons, the most joyful ones. He brings meaning to everything. And He holds everything together. In fact, Jesus is supreme over all of creation. He holds it all together. And this can bring great meaning to our life as we follow Jesus. I want to briefly look to close, look at Colossians 1 and some verses there. Colossians 1, 15 to 16, <clears throat> excuse me, and then 19 through 20. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything and was created and is supreme over all creation. For through Him, that's Christ, through Him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. So when Solomon's giving these teachings, we're looking at Ecclesiastes, Jesus existed. He hadn't come to earth in the incarnation. He hadn't added humanity to his nature. But Jesus is God. He's always been God. He is the the eternity that our hearts long for. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Worship team, you can come on, come on back up as we prepare for a closing song together. Made peace with everything by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Sometimes we are so, we are so weighed down by our hurt and our pain. Pastor and leadership um, trainer, Carrie New, Newhoff says this, self-pity chisels into stone what discouragement whispers. You say that again. Self-pity chisels into stone what discouragement whispers. And as we think about our life, the seasons we've been through, as we think about our last, think about your last year, the different ups and downs, the seasons of life, we need to stop listening to the, the whispers of the evil one or the whispers of our circumstances and allow that to get chiseled in the stone. We need to listen to the whispers of God, the whispers of, the whispers of Scripture as we immerse ourselves in God's Word, the whispers of, of the Holy Spirit as He's always speaking to us. If you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit in you. The Bible says if, if the Spirit does not indwell you, you're not actually a Christ follower. If you want to make sure of that, we'd love to pray with you after the service. But what I'm saying is, this, the Holy Spirit speaks to you 
through Scripture, through the inward witness, which always agrees with Scripture. So we need to start listening to God's whispers if we're going to step into all that that God has for us. So whatever season you're in right now, a joyful one or a difficult one, it has meaning when you look to the one from above, Jesus Christ. And don't do it alone. Seek and cultivate community in your life. It's a good idea to gather here whenever you're able to this summer. Continue to gather on Sunday. Continue to find connection where you can through a connection group, <clears throat> through a men's R&R group. Uh, Carrie Sue has a women's group meeting on Mondays. She'll be at the Connection Center after the service, perhaps, if you'd like to talk with her about that. There are ways to connect and experience support and hear that whisper from God together. So the same God who never fails you will not fail you now. I really believe that. We're going to sing that in just a moment. But first, let's pray together this morning. Great God, we thank you for your perspective on life. We thank you for the wisdom of Ecclesiastes. But we thank you, Jesus, that you are the one above it all, that we can look to you. So wherever we're at today, God, we want to turn away from our hurt, from our pain, from being the God of our own lives. And we want to turn to you. If you'd like to do that this morning, if you'd like to turn away from your old way of living and turn to Jesus and say, I I don't want to do this anymore. I'm sorry for my sins. Thank you for paying the price on the cross. I want to receive you as the leader and savior of my life and be empowered by you to live the life you're calling me to. If you want to do that with, with eyes closed and heads bowed, you can just shoot your hand up in the air right now and I'll make eye contact with you. And we'll have a prayer team member pray with you after the service. For the rest of us, let's let's invite God's perspective into our, our lives and hearts this summer. Let's hear the whispers of Jesus as we follow him. In Jesus' name, amen.